Hello, I'm Stephen Allen. Here's a podcast of the sketches I worked on during... How far do we get? April, May... June... No, May. May. Sometimes you can spot a trend in crime. Do you remember in the 80s when people were nicking the logos from the Volkswagen cars? Since the emissions scandal, they don't do that anymore. Who would have thought that criminals were worried about carbon footprints? Well, there's a new trend of thefts in Kent, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Someone has been pinching birds. Is that why HR wanted that meeting with you? No, there have been a spate of thefts of birds in Kent. More than 80 birds have been taken in six thefts. Who needs that many birds? What are they doing with them? That's six and fifty more birds than you could bake into a pie. I didn't realise there was such crime in this area of life. We need a TV show that reports it. Something that's like Crime Watch, but that has birds in it. That's Spring Watch. Oh, yeah. But something should be done about it. In some cases, eggs were taken from exotic species. I suppose I can imagine what they were used for. Waiter! Yes, sir. When I said I wanted this steak omelette rare, I meant the steak, not the species of egg. And sorry, sir. Some goldfinches were taken. I bet they get melted down. There is a risk that in some cases, some of these birds will end up going through a fence. Well, that's often where they nest. No, I mean a fence being sold on. Police say be vigilant. Watch out for any birds going cheap. Oh, you didn't just do that, Joe, did you? It's a bank holiday. Give me a break. But the story explains something, because I was in the pub last week, and a guy came up to me, opened his coat and said, Here, do you want to buy a goose? And I said, What do you want for it? And he said, It'll cost you a monkey. And I said, Well, where am I going to get one of those at this time of night? One newspaper said, Britain's quietest train station is Swale in Kent. By quiet, it means the number of people who use it. It doesn't mean that you won't find kids there listening to their music playing loudly from the speaker on their mobile phone, because that happens absolutely everywhere. Swale station clocked up only 3,916 people using it last year, so either it's not very popular, or there's a lot of fair dodgers that live there. It must be lovely to travel from. The worst thing about any train journey is the people. Sometimes when I'm travelling, if the train has a quiet carriage, I sit there, and then you know someone will get on, and... Hello? Yeah? So I says to him, I says, you'll never guess what she said. And you know what he said? He said he don't care what she said. And you know what I said to him? I said, that's what I said. Oh, on the quiet carriage. So I do what any other Brit would do. Nothing. I just start to tut. Eventually, my tutting gets so loud that the guy next to me says, do you mind not tutting? This is the quiet carriage, you know. The busiest on the stats was Waterloo, which had a hundred million people using it. Now, which would you rather make your way through? A nice, quiet station where you have room for all your limbs, or a station that's so full, as you walk through it, you feel like a salmon swimming upstream. At least when they get upstream, they get to breed. When you get there, you get a small space on a packed train under someone's armpit. What I'm saying is, in my ideal world, you wouldn't have to fight through people to get to a train. You wouldn't have to run for a train. They'd be quiet. There'd be peace. Do you know what? If I'm honest, there wouldn't be any noisy trains. So you're moving to Swale? No, I'm going to move to somewhere served by southern trains. I don't normally talk about fashion news in these because, well, they say write what you know, and I don't know about fashion. We can tell. I worked out a look that worked for me in the 90s. I haven't found a reason to change it since. I remember when you could buy pre-ripped jeans, but now you can go a step further and get jeans that are pre-covered in dirt. If you want to look like you fell over in a field but don't have time, then these are for you. I don't know what the washing instructions would be on a thing like this. Hand wash only is annoying enough, but with these, I think you could probably only wash them in a puddle. The flip side is the see-through jeans that you can buy now as well. If you want your lower half to look like a pre-cooked chicken, these are the ones for you. I don't think see-through jeans are a good look, to be honest, and it would ruin that old joke. Is that a gun in your pocket or you're just pleased to see me? Well, you can see it's actually my wallet. 
But worst of all in the fashion area is model Cara Delevingne. Do you know that scientifically no one knows how to pronounce her name? It's Delevingne. Nope, no one knows. Well, she turned up at a fashion event with a shaved head painted silver. How does that happen? And how would you like me to cut it this time? A little off the top? Oh no, could you shave it and make me look like a ball bearing? It's only going to lead to more bullying of us bald men. I haven't heard someone call me Chrome Dome for ages, but now she looks like she's hiding under a spoon. That insult will probably come back. To find out more, I'm joined by a fashion expert, so should I be offended? Oh my word, Steve, no! And why not? Uh, she has the bald head, the massive eyebrows, and she can't act. It's like she's being your tribute act, Steve. Sometimes new technology has issues. You hear of banks going offline. When they do, it's a reason to not pay the bills, which makes a change from my normal reason, which is not having enough money. Sometimes things like Instagram go offline. That happened a few weeks ago. Young people these days always post pictures of their food before they eat, and when Instagram wouldn't work, some of them nearly starved. But if there's one area you don't expect a tech failure, it's the mint. We've been making coins since the Bronze Age, but one-pound coins are selling on eBay for nearly £300 because they're broken. There are some coins that have a silver bit in the middle in the wrong place. On some, the queen's head is off to one side. In the old days, if you got a pound, you knew there'd be a certain quality, a certain standard. But those were the days before the pound dropped. These days, the new pound is only worth a pound, so what'd you expect? And in the old days, if you got a damaged coin, you'd take it back to the shop and demand exchange. You didn't want the authorities to think you were the one who defaced that coin because it's treason and you can be sent to the tower for it, probably. These days, people are putting their treasonous coins on the internet and making money. So to find out more, I'm joined by a mismatist. No, Steve, I'm a numismatist. I don't care if you've just started. I'm sure you'll get better. So what kind of flaws are we seeing? There are cases where people claim the middle silver part of the coin fell out, but it's more likely that they knocked it out in an attempt to make the coin look like a rare, imperfect one. They knocked the middle out of a coin? Surely that's really hard. They're far more brittle than they used to be, Steve. Is that the new design? No, it's because of the weak pound. <laughs> Prince Philip is retiring, he's nearly 96. I can't be the only one who heard that and thought, if even he can't retire till that age, what chance do we stand? And his missus is still working. He's still got it. After he was asked about standing down, he said, yeah, I can't stand up much longer. Yeah. That's a good zinger. He's funny. And I've always liked that. He travels around making jokes that upset some people. That is effectively what's written on my business card. And now that job's available. You won't get it. But can we be honest? When we heard that there was going to be a big announcement from Buckingham Palace, we all thought, you know, when we heard it was a staff meeting, well, it wasn't going to be that people had been eating the Queen's yoghurt from the fridge. We all thought, you know, the elephant in the room. An elephant that he probably tried to shoot. We all thought, how to say this in a nice euphemistic way? Like when David Bowie passed, we thought we may have lost another thin white duke. No, that wasn't how to say it. And then they said he was retiring. That is genius PR. Make people expect really bad news, so when you tell them less bad news, they don't mind at all. Like the time I made my parents think I'd got someone pregnant, so when I told them I'd pranged the car, they said, Oh, that kind of accident. Why didn't you say? I wonder why you said it happened in a supermarket car park. This whole story reminds me of when I did a Duke of Edinburgh. Not the awards, I just upset some indigenous people. But now he's retiring. Who can we get to say things that upset people? To say things that will get in the paper? An outraged Twitter? Oh, hang on. Donald Trump's visiting the UK in October, isn't he? We'll be fine. 
I was going to do this little sketch about Emmanuel Macron winning the French election, but I spoke to one French resident and he said, Mech. And that was one of his excited supporters. That stereotype of French people could be one of the things that informs our view of Brexit, which seems to be the subject of the latest work by Banksy. The piece appeared near Dover's ferry terminal on the Castle Amusements building over the weekend. I'm not sure how Banksy did it without being spotted. When I tried to do graffiti as a youth, I was always caught. What do you think you're doing? I'm doing graffiti. It's about truth. How is that about truth? Well, I was here, so that bit's true. The work depicts the flag of the EU, and if you don't know what that looks like, imagine a planned view of Wiley e. Coyote's head after he's been hit by an anvil. It's a ring of stars. And in the lower right-hand corner, there's a workman removing one of the stars, symbolising our exit from the EU. Some Remainers will see this as a chance to moan about Brexit. Some Brexiters will see this and say, Down the bottom right, are you telling me Britain ain't the top star? Right, that's it, I'm voting leave. Is it really art, though? I took a picture of it along to an art expert. Expert. Thanks for doing this for me. My pleasure, Steve. Here you go, I've taken a picture on my phone. Is that art? No, I would say this is amateur erotica. Amateur? Oh, sorry, wrong photo. Hey, this one. Ah, yes, better, yes. Is this art? Yes, its location makes the biggest statement. This is what people will see when they arrive in the UK from France. And do you know what those French people will say? What? Mech. Sometimes it feels like old age is waiting for you. That's a worrying statement for most of us, and a really mean thing to say to Emmanuel Macron. But what can you do? It's going to happen to all of us. Who was it who said, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. I know this because I googled for it. It turns out, yeah, you can add an hour to your life by worrying, as long as you're worrying on a bike. A recent report found that an hour of cycling adds an hour to your life. Admittedly, you just lost an hour cycling, so you don't really make a profit on the deal. But it's impressive that cycling adds to your life expectancy, especially when you consider how dangerous it can be. Every hour you cycle, you get an extra hour of life which you could spend cycling, and then you'd get an extra hour. You could live forever if you never stopped cycling, but you'd probably expire from exhaustion or saddle sore. But a similar piece of research came out this week saying that running for an hour adds seven hours to your life. But look at the maths. If you run for just under three and a half hours a day, you're adding 24 hours to your life every day. And running for three and a half hours is probably what Mo Farah does. Which means he'll never die. He is an immortal and he walks among us while he runs among us. He doesn't hang around that guy. He's like Highlander if Highlander only ate corn. But before you get too envious, would you want to be him? He'll still be around when all of his loved ones have gone. When all of mankind has perished, he'll be the only one on earth. Him and Paula Radcliffe. So he can still run, but he'll have to be careful where he puts his feet. Ew. Last time on one of these sketchy things, we talked about the benefits of running and cycling. They'll both make you live longer, and we're facing an aging population crisis, so they should probably both be banned. But I'm all for balance on the BBC, and that's why now we're talking about beer. Ah, beer. Nature's Tinder. New researchers found that two pints of beer is more effective as a form of pain relief than paracetamol. So if you've got a headache, get some bevies. That's not great advice if you got your headache because of last night's drinking. I mean, this is like finding out the best 
best cure for bloating is more beans. But to be fair, the best thing about this news story, they're getting paid for this. That's the cheekiest grant application since. And what's your PhD on? Oh, I'd like a million pound funding to see if there is nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Approved. It only works for a small amount of pain, so you'll never get this. Nurse, 20 milligrams of propofol and a lager top, please. But science is not done there. Another study has found that swearing makes us physically stronger by shouting out swear words we can push ourselves to greater physical feats although you do get some odd looks in the gym right here goes right that's my shorts put on let's get in the gym i can't wait for the deadlift in the next olympics uh yes and next up it's team gb Uh, this competitor is from scotland so he should do it easily but the moral of the story is if you want to stay in peak shape have a few drinks and start swearing which can mean only one thing. Adele must be like Superman. Some strange things are happening over in America. Their FBI chief, James Comey, was fired, but apparently he only found out about it on the news. Ouch. That's like finding out you've been dumped by seeing your partner on a dating app. I had a similar thing back in the year 2000 when American comedian Steve Allen died. I woke up, looked at teletext and saw the headline that said, Steve Allen passed away. And I thought, oh dear, not a good start to the day. Is this the afterlife? They've got teletext in the afterlife? Finding out you've been sacked by watching the news is terrible. But if you're the head of the FBI, you should be given your papers in a more traditional way. In a car park by someone in a long raincoat. It's odd because if Donald Trump wanted to get rid of someone, you'd imagine he'd be good at saying, you're fired because he got lots of practice on The Apprentice. But even weirder is the news that Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to be president. To find out more, I'm joined by my entertainment news correspondent. Hello. Hey, Stevie. Could The Rock follow on from Donald Trump? He once did some pro wrestling, and no one takes him seriously. But that's enough about Donald Trump. Uh, Yeah, the next leader could be The Rock. Tell us more about The Rock. He said that when it comes to being president, he's been thinking about if he should run or not when he's in the gym. That depends on if you're on a treadmill. No, run for president, Stevie. Oh, I see. Sorry. I'm not very smart today. That's okay. You could still end up being our president. Where the US leads, the UK often follows. Well, we've done it again. A little while back, there was a story that a church in America banned yoga because they thought it was the work of the devil. Now, admittedly, I once accidentally went to an advanced class and I pretty much agreed. It was like losing a game of Twister when you're the only one playing. And bend. And deep breath. I don't want to. But now the UK can boast the same. A church in Wales has banned a yoga class because it's non-Christian. Again, I'm not sure you'd say that if you were in the lesson I went to by mistake. Oh, sweet heavenly mercy. Pilates was given the okay, but yoga found itself banned, which seems a bit twisted. Ha, <laughs> twisted. Oh no, you're just going to do yoga pants, aren't you? No, I won't, I promise. The strange thing is, the church also banned Tai Chi, Taekwondo, and Cash Prize Bingo. Cash Prize Bingo? I guess they don't want anyone worshipping money. Tai Chi? Only God is supposed to move in mysterious ways. Taekwondo? Good luck to whoever has to break the news to that group. But now the villagers have vowed to boycott the new church hall, all because they can't do yoga, while the people in charge think it's anti-Christian. They need to be a bit more flexible. Flexible. I knew you were do yoga no, I promise I won't, I won't. In an ideal world, that church would be able to promote the issues of faith whilst also letting people do yoga, maybe even in the same class. You could pray and do child's pose, although doing them at the same time might be a bit of a stretch. Right, that's it. Three strikes and you're out.
Sorry, I... I don't know where the script for this one is. What are you doing in there? Just, I, well, I had to write this down on paper since the computer hack. Oh, did it get you too? Yes, it did. Me, Nissan in Sunderland and the NHS. And yet, I don't know why the news hasn't mentioned all three of us. Yeah, I wonder. I've tried everything to fix it. What have you done? Well, I've turned it off and on again. And? Well, that's it. But that's all they ever tell you to do when you call a help desk. It's been shocking to see what this hack has done to the NHS. Some people's medical records are unobtainable. If anyone asks, my BMI is spot on. Right. They've hacked the computers, not our eyes. The authorities said, We advise anyone to avoid going to A&E. I think I speak for everyone when I say, I already do try and avoid ending up in A&E. No one ever says, oh, You know what I might do today? I might spend a few hours down A&E. Darling, pass me that avocado. Apparently it comes down to the fact that the NHS was still using Windows XP. It's a worry that the health service is using less advanced IT than my dad. I would say they should upgrade to what he's got, but then I'd keep getting calls from doctors saying, Ooh, What's my password? again. To find out more, I'm joined by someone who is in it. No, Steve. Uh, I'm in IT. No, you're deep in it at the moment till you fix those computers. And how close are we to coming up with a fix? Well, we've been looking at the code and we're starting to develop some strategies that may solve the problem. Excellent. What should I do? You might want to write this down, Steve. Uh, What you should do is turn off your computer and turn it back on again. If you know someone who has a birthday coming up and you just don't know what to get them, here's some news that could help. David Beckham is buying his missus, Victoria, her own island. Wow, they must be rich if he can afford £7 million it'll cost to buy that as a gift, although he might go bankrupt if he tries to wrap it. He wants to buy her an island to mark 20 years since they met, but the problem with that gift is what can be read into it. Like toiletries, in some ways, is a gift that implies you smell. So your own island is a gift that implies, go on, get lost. But maybe this is exactly what a couple 20 years in needs. Little space. He has his eye on Blue K in the South Berry Islands. A real estate expert said, The Beckhams, particularly posh, crave normality for their family times. Yes, nothing says normal family life like having your own private island. It all came out in an interview that she did in America. Victoria said, You know, I think that, um, you know, he's my soulmate. We really complement each other. And then her next words were, He's the most incredible husband, fantastic father. Oh, she thinks it's compliment with an I, not with an E, doesn't she? No. She also said, We are strict with the children. They are happy kids, but they're very, very polite children. They work hard at school. They know that they have to work hard. Wow, that must be hard. To say to your children that you've got to work hard in school, or you might end up being a multi-millionaire like me and your father, who can end up buying their own island. Donald Trump and intelligence, two things that aren't easy bedfellows at the moment. There are claims that Trump revealed classified information to Russian diplomats, and it's not his fault. It is confusing. Classified information sounds like the adverts you get in the back of local newspapers. I thought I was mentioning where you could buy a secondhand microwave. Sad. It is serious. They said it was code word level information. That's information that is so secret, when they talk about it, they have to use code words like the fox is in the garden, or the ball is in the field, or for Donald Trump, the secret is in the Russian notebook. It could also mean spy talk, like the swallows fly backwards over Moscow this time of year. But if Trump heard that, there's a chance he'd take it seriously and look for a cause. China are training birds to fly backwards. Sad. The Donald insists that that Russian meeting, where he allegedly leaked secrets, was very successful. Yes, from the Russians' point of view, I believe it was. I mean, they got all those secrets 
documents without even having to do any spying. Although that could be a little bit annoying. I packed the high-tech listening device, repelling ropes and lasers, and I didn't even use them. But it's worth remembering that Donald Trump has done nothing wrong. Because, and here's an interesting fact, as president, he has the right to declassify any information he wants. So Donald, you know how you said you can't disclose your tax returns while you're being audited? Good news! Now you can. You'll move. I know there's a lot of important news happening right now. There's all the stuff about the election, which you can hear more about on Nevermind the Ballot, 7pm Monday to Thursday on BBC Radio Kent. All right, we get it. And there's the big news from America. There's the momentum gathering to impeach Donald Trump. He said he's the worst treated politician ever. JFK, Lincoln, Julius Caesar didn't have a great time with senators either. I'm just saying, just bear it in mind. But even biglier than that, Nestle has been told that it cannot copyright Kit Kat's Four Fingers. That's not bigger news. Yes, it is. I mean, if they managed to copyright Four Fingers, we'd all be in trouble. I don't know about you, but I've got Four Fingers. What have you got? I've got these two. Charming. Yeah. Do you wave to your mother with that hand? If they held the copyright on Four Fingers, we'd have to change the way we do things for fear of being sued. We'd have to slap with only two fingers. We'd have to shake hands with one of the fingers folded in, and then everyone would think we're a member of some lodge. We'd be dropping carrier bags when we've done a big shop because you daren't use all your fingers or you'd be taking that shopping to court. Sure, there'd be some upsides. Karate experts would be easy to beat up. But if you wave, you'd have to take your four fingers out of the equation and you'd end up just hitching a lift. Peter Crouch, if he did his robot dance, he'd be taken for every penny. Even Spock, when he says, live long and prosper, and does that hand thing, look, count him, four fingers. Nestle would be getting a slice of that action. So I back the decision of the Court of Appeal. I'd give it a big thumbs up, but it'd seem like a waste not to use the rest of them. After some recent airline news, I've been looking forward to flying more. There have been many stories of people being thrown out of their seats and thrown off the flight before it takes off. Look on the bright side, it's better they do it then than halfway through. But with some airlines manhandling their customers, if I fly and get okay service, I'll feel like I'm having a great time in comparison. I was to fly, oh it's great, I still have all my teeth. It's a brave new world of air travel where the safety announcement has to include self-defense tips against the staff. But now there's a story that's put me right off flying. Dutch King Wilhelm Alexander has admitted that he's been secretly flying commercial jets for KLM for 21 years. Apparently, he flew flights twice a month, so now if I get on a plane, I'll think I've had a bad time if I'm not flown by royalty. How was the flight? It's terrible. I don't know who was flying it, but they weren't even an earl. Can you imagine if that happened over here? Prince Philip comes on the tannoy and says, Yes, we seem to have suffered bird strike. My fault. I shouted, Paul! The Dutch King was flying KLM Fokker 70 planes. Yep, no joke there. He said that he's rarely recognised by the public. Well, to be fair, it's not the public's fault. If you saw our Queen down the bingo, you wouldn't think There's the Queen down the bingo? You'd think There's a woman down the bingo looks just like the Queen. So people may have seen the Dutch King and thought, that pilot looks like the King. Maybe some thought, you know our King looks like that pilot. But no one would have thought, the King is flying this plane. Not on a KLM flight. You'd only expect a King to be flying it if you were going monarch. New rules have come in about how you can sell cigarettes. It's to try and put people off. You can't buy packs of 10. You have to buy a pack of 20, which will stop people buying as many. Yeah, good plan. That's like how, because my local pizza place offers extra large ones, I'm now so thin. 
The theory is that young people won't be able to afford to buy a pack of 20, they can only buy packs of 10, and they don't have the sense to work out if they waited till they're on their second pack, they could afford it. A victory for our health system, if not for our education one. Packs now have to be in the dullest, ugliest and least appealing colour. They're green. I don't like your eyes. Yeah, I know. Rude. These rules say that the packs can only have the brand of the cigarette in a plain, standard font. Yeah, because it's the typeface that gets young people hooked. You hear them on street corners saying, Oh my days, you gotta try this. Look, this ain't no Times New Roman. This is like Comic Sans. Do you get me? And now all that can be on the pack is a picture of something gross like a rotting foot. This could make counterfeiting easier. In the old days, you had to copy a brand's logo and design, but now you could make a pack. All you need is really gross feet. Counterfeit. Yeah, right, leave these to me. If you think about it, it's an odd way of doing it. We don't ban smoking. We just insist that you look at something nasty to put you off it. That's like some minister saying, we've decided not to ban the use of mobile phones behind the wheel, but you will have to download a picture of your parents naked. Judges could start adding it into their sentencing, and you'd hear in the news, he was given a suspended sentence and told to lick the door handle in the gents. He was informed of this in a letter using the courier font, so he's really not happy. What has the world come to? The Duchess of Cambridge has eaten food off the floor. I know the economy wasn't going great, but come on. Kate was at the Chelsea Flower Show trying out a type of tomato. The tomato dropped on the floor. She picked it up and ate it. I'm shocked. If I were royal, I'd get my official taster to pick it up and eat it first. The Duchess said, I'm just getting into gardening with children. It makes such a difference when you take it from the ground. But from the ground doesn't mean food you've dropped. Oh yes, I only eat natural food, and by that I mean things I've dropped in a field. It turns out she may be okay because she did it within five seconds. And as we all know, the five second rule states, should a foodstuff be dropped and retrieval occur within five second period, aforementioned food may still be consumed. Do you mean it's okay to eat it if you haven't dropped it for more than five seconds? Well, yeah, but it just sounds more official when you say it with fancy words. Like the other well-known rule, he who hath declared an awareness of the olfactory perturbation shall be declared to be the one who produced the offending gaseous event. Scientists recently found that there's some logic behind it. If food isn't on the floor for long, then bacteria doesn't have time to migrate. Oh dear. Not eating food that I dropped was one of the only calorie control moves I'd still got. I went along to a laboratory to see what scientists had to say. I'm here with a researcher. Hello. Yeah, hello Steve. So tell me about your work. Well, we covered a variety of floors with a salmonella bacterium and then dropped different foods onto the floor. And what did you find? We found that was more than enough to be banned from that restaurant. Have you ever wanted to know if someone is lying? No. Oh, okay. Well, I have really. I'm just lying. You see how hard this is? People often make comments about politicians saying things like, How do you know a politician's lying? Their lips are moving. But that's clearly not true. They also use things like Facebook, and your lips don't have to move then. But scientists have found the best way to catch a liar. Do you want to know what it is? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't really. Oh, I fell for it again. They say you should use the Columbo method. That's where you should act like the TV detective Columbo. Act like you are less intelligent than you really are. Good luck splitting that hair. What you do is you ask the same simple question over and over again at erratic intervals. That's how I date. Other advice includes dress in shabby clothes and use peculiar body language. This will give the impression that you are harmless. Again? That's just 
about how you date. It also says, be confusing when you talk. This will suggest that you are incompetent. Well, this is uncanny. The system's been developed for doctors who think that their patients are holding back important information. It's all very well, but if I go to the doctors, I don't want them pretending that they're stupid. I want a clever one, ideally one who doesn't Google my symptoms. And if they wait until you've had your full appointment and then as you leave, they say, one more thing, before they ask the one important question. Well, that's the NHS's time they're wasting. But if you really want to know if someone is lying and get it 100% right, you need to do what Columbo does and see the person actually committing the crime before you do anything else. Makes it so much easier. They say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but according to a new survey, that's exactly what we do. More than half of us say we choose a book by looking at the front of it. But to be fair, surely that's the best place to judge a book. It's got its title on it, it's where they print the ISBN number, it's all there. They make the cover specifically to tell you about the book. Ignoring the covers and reading books anyway, that'd be like saying, don't judge a can by its label. That's a one-way ticket to, right, let's just open this can, see what we're having for lunch, and, oh, dog food. The results showed that men don't like books with pictures of animals on the cover, although to be fair, as a man, I did get really annoyed that I couldn't work out where Spot was. To find out more, I'm joined by a book reviewer. Hello. Uh, hello, Steve. No, I'm not a book reviewer. I'm a book cover reviewer. What? I only review the covers, but it's quite useful these days. Okay. Well, tell me about some of your reviews. Okay. Look at Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. We see a man walking through what looks like the Vatican. No one near him. No friends. So one would imagine this is about Donald Trump. Nope. Okay, well here's uh, Stephen Hawkins' A Brief History of Time. A simple cover, just a, a picture of Stephen. So one would imagine it's quite a simple book. Nope. Well, um, what about this? There's uh, items, a TV flies jauntily, a chair remains motionless midair. What looks like a vacuum cleaner comes into view. I imagine this book is about the fleeting nature of materialism. And what's it called? Uh, Argos Catalogue, Spring Summer 2017. Did you know that we Brits spend £4,000 a year on looking good? Sometimes you see people walking down the street and think, you might want to try 5000 Well, you're no oil painting. I know, I know, although I've never understood that saying. People in oil paintings always look a bit off. The Mona Lisa looks like she needs more fibre in her diet. And some people I've seen in a Picasso, oh, they need a doctor. The average is different across the country, with people in London spending over £6,000 a year. But seeing as a lot of makeup is applied on the London Underground, I assume a lot of that extra money is wastage. I love it when you see someone doing their lipstick and the train goes through a bumpy bit and they end up going to work looking like the Joker from Batman. The money is spent on things like gym memberships, which might explain why the spend doesn't match the effects you see. I've been a member of a gym and it's been so long since I went there, I can't remember where it is. I just send it money every month. It's like I've sponsored it through a humanitarian crisis. Other items on the beauty bill are haircuts. <laughs> That's a saving for you. All right, with your body shaming. Yes, I don't have much hair left on my head, but my back is making up for it, I'll have you know. Makeup and eyebrow threading is also on the list. Oh, I've seen that in shopping centres. That's where it looks like they're trying to floss your teeth, but they missed. If they make you feel good about yourself, then who can argue? But some beauty treatments do sound nasty. Exfoliating skin scrubs, microdermabrasion, chemical peels. It's worth remembering that beauty is only skin deep. And after all that exfoliating, microdermabrasion and chemical peeling, it doesn't sound like your skin will have that much depth left. 
The United Arab Emirates is planning to tow icebergs from Antarctica to its coast to solve its issues with drinking water. At a time when we're losing our ice caps, they think, we need some ice. Yeah, let's take it from the ice caps. That's like someone thinking, you know, I really need some meat for this barbecue. Fetch me the pandas. Admittedly, our ice caps lose bergs all the time. Just recently, we saw a headline that read, gigantic iceberg the size of Norfolk expected to break off. Wide, desolate, no real life there. Norfolk is a county in in East Anglia, and an iceberg the size of it is set to break off. Now, one issue is, and try to follow my science here, icebergs melt. That's why there are no icebergs naturally roaming wild off the coast of the Emirates. According to their predictions, it will take a year to tow it there. They think the sight of an iceberg being towed will be a tourist attraction. I'm sure they're right. Everyone will be pretending to be Leo and Kate in Titanic. The problem is, if you're towing an iceberg, it'll look like it's chasing the boat. That is a different film. Coming soon. Titanic 2, when icebergs attack. It's after us. It's been following us for months. It's stalking us. Oh, that's cold. Cold? It's an iceberg. An average iceberg contains more than 20 billion gallons of water, enough for 1 million people for five years. But by the time it's lost bits on the journey, lost some to melting, lost some to evaporation, and lost some to tourists wanting to chip off a bit, there'll only be enough left to make a margarita. Now, what's the one thing you can't do in parts of the United Arab Emirates? Oh, yes. They always say you should switch your supplier regularly, which if the Lib Dem manifesto pledged to legalise cannabis actually happens, could be easier said than done. They often say older people are bad at switching and younger people do it more. But one new piece of research has found an area where that's not the case. Mobile phones. Young Brits are actually more loyal to their mobile networks than they are to their lovers. It makes sense. If, when someone started dating me, I could force them to sign a 24-month minimum term contract, I'd still be in a relationship, instead of being on pay-as-you-go. The survey discovered that smartphone-mad 18- to 30-year-olds spend an average of four years, two months with their network, compared to just three years and nine months in their romantic relationships. Or maybe if relationships were more like phone deals, they'd last longer. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to settle down. Well, I could offer you roaming. Oh, okay. And if I could guarantee a certain number of minutes, but at my age, nah. With some mobile deals, you get free broadband, and if you start to date me, I will give you my Wi-Fi password, so that's a draw. The survey also found that more young people have considered cheating on their partner than their phone, but you can't really cheat on a phone network. When I got a new phone last year, I kept my old one in case I needed it. You do that with girlfriends, some people frown upon it. So, to find out more, I'm joined by a relationship expert. Hello. Hello, Steve, my love. So, what should you do if you're unhappy and you want to get out? The best thing to do, my love, is to go and see a professional and then tell the old one that you're upgrading. And what about if you want to end a relationship? Oh, no, that was the relationship, Steve. Why not follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen? You could subscribe to the podcast as well. You do that by searching for Steve and Allen's Week in your podcast app.